Well, I want to welcome y'all here this morning. I pray and hope everybody had a great Christmas and uh, you got what you wanted. I know uh, there at the house, we went over to our, our daughters and had a really good Christmas with our family and I hope y'all was able to do the same, to be with your loved ones. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And you know, it's... Uh, so good to spend that time with your loved ones. And uh, I would like to, this morning, have us to pray for several people. Dale told me this morning his father fell and broke his leg, so we want to keep Dale's dad in prayer. And Melinda will probably send some of this stuff out on a prayer chain for those who are not here. But... Uh, Ted and Krishana and the kids are not here today. They are home. They went to Mineral Wells for uh, Christmas. And Ted's brother had that uh, COVID. So they're under quarantine. Ted and them say they feel fine and everything. And they just feel like uh, everything's okay, that they, don't, that they don't have it. But he is waiting for the test before he comes back around the others. And that's a good thing. And uh, so y'all keep Ted and Krishana lying in prayer and their two children, Hope and Grace, and uh, that uh, God's hand is going to be on them. And I imagine some of y'all have some family that you want to pray for. Well, you know, God's in the healing business. And He takes care of these kind of things. And should don't ever be ashamed, or I say ashamed, or feel guilty about calling up on God for prayer to heal your loved ones. He is your God. He is your heavenly Father. And He loves you. And if it's something concerning you, I'm going to tell you right now, it concerns God. Because you belong to Him. He says... He paid a price for us. He redeemed us. He cares about us. What concerns us concerns God. And so we need to pray to God whenever these things come up. And when you go to God, go to Him in faith. Don't just, well, I guess I better go pray. But if you're not sincere about your prayers or you don't think God's going to do it, you don't think He'll heal, you might as well just keep those prayers to yourself. God wants you to know that He hears you. He says, For I am the God that healeth you. He is the healing God. And uh, so, but anyway, that is just a couple. Maybe some of y'all have some more that you want to pray for. If y'all will want to put on the prayer chain, if you'll let us know, we'll send it out. And you know, that prayer chain really works. I've had so many people tell me that, well, my loved one was healed. This, that. Because of prayer. If you're not on the prayer chain and you would like to be on the prayer chain, tell my wife. She'll put your name down. And when we get calls about people needing prayer, you will be notified and so that you can also pray for them. Uh, this morning, I would like to bring you a message. And it's... Uh, well, it's kind of along what we're kind of talking about, and I entitled it, The Lord is with me, and I will not fear. 
When we know that God is walking with us, when He know when we know that He cares and loves us, we should not have fear in our hearts. You know, we was talking in here this morning. I was talking to Becky and Rhonda and some of them, and uh, we was talking about fear. Do y'all realize that fear is not from God? God did not give you fear. Matter of fact, in 2 Timothy 1.7, it tells us, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. He did not give... You know where fear comes from? Fear comes from the enemy. That is one of the tactics that Satan uses. If he can get you in fear, he'll do it. And if you'll think about something, when you worry about a lot of things, that comes from Satan. God says, don't be anxious for anything, but pray to me. Don't worry about it. Give it to me. I'll take it. Give me your burdens. Give me those things that are bothering you. And I will take care of them. You know, we have to put our faith and we have to put our trust in God. We have to realize that God is our refuge. He's our tower. He's our fortress. He is the one who puts the hedge of protection around us. He's the one who heals us. He says, I am with you. I am walking with you. And my hedge of protection and my spirit is upon you. Do y'all realize that Satan cannot bust through the Spirit of God when it's on somebody? God is so powerful and so strong that even Satan cannot bust through it. And sometimes we just... (coughs) Excuse me, I've got some sinus problems this morning and God's taking care of them for me because it was a lot worse a little earlier. And... uh, but as we were sitting back there and I was in the office, I was doing something, I just stopped doing everything I was doing and I went to prayer and started praying to God and anointed myself with oil and prayed over myself. And I can feel some things happening. I can feel some things breaking up and I can feel some things going on. So God is taking care of everything. But we have to remember, fear is from the enemy. It says, the Lord is with me and I will not fear. And I'm going to talk to y'all in just a minute about a man that the Lord came to. He was very fearful, but God had an assignment for him. He had something that he wanted him to do. And finally, he listened to God and God took care of everything. I'm going to be talking to you in a minute about a man His name, y'all probably have heard it many times, his name is Gideon. He also had another name. They called him Jubarel. But the Bible calls him Gideon. Have y'all ever heard of an organization out here It's called the Gideons? It comes after this man right here. They named themselves after Gideon. The Gideons are the people that go around to the hospitals and places like that and places Bibles in the hospitals, places Bibles in the doctor's offices, places Bibles in the nursing home, and places the Bibles all over where we can have access to God's Word wherever we are. If you look in some of your hospitals in those drawers and things, it'll be a, usually it's a red Bible and right across the front of it it says Gideon's. 
But they placed the Bibles. And I had a good friend that he was with the Gideons, and that's what he did. And uh, so I learned a little about them from him. But you know, we are all right now going through, the devil has got us going through some problems. And, and it, 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 matter of fact, in, in, in the book of Job, Job 14.1, it says, Man who is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. When we're born, really, the time is short. And during that time, he says, man is full of trouble because we got an enemy out there that's coming against us and he's trying to get all this stuff placed on us, all these fears and all these troubles placed on us. You know, and I guess if anybody knew about trouble, it would probably have been Job. The Bible tells us that in just a matter of a short time, Job lost his health, his wealth, and all of his family. He, God, gave the devil permission to come against Job. Because he knew how honorable that Job was and that Job would not bow down to, the, to Satan or give in to him. Satan did a lot of things. Matter of fact, he even afflicted Job's body. But you know, God told Job something. I mean, told the devil something. He said, you can have your way with Job, but you cannot touch his life. Now God had the authority to tell devil, you can have your way with him, but you cannot touch his life, or you cannot take his life, you cannot kill him. I will not allow it. You know, it says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I still believe that God that Satan has to have God's permission to do some of the things that he does to us. And some of the things that Satan does to us, have you ever thought about this, that it could be a period of testing? We think we've got faith. We think, boy, I'll, I've got so much faith. But when something comes against you, do you use that faith? Do you believe in that faith that you've got when something comes against you? That is a testing time. That's a testing period. Sometimes we think we got faith until we have to use it. Then the faith is not as strong as we think it is. The stronger your faith is, the quicker the problem dissolves. And most of you know that it's got faith. That when something comes against you, you say, I will not receive this in the name of Jesus. I will not receive it. It does not belong to me. This is of the devil. And I rebuke it right now. I've had it happen to me. That, that, that Satan would come against me so strong and I knew what was going on. And that's the first thing I'd do. Satan, I rebuke you right now in the name of Jesus. I will not receive what you're doing. This is not of God. So therefore, it does not belong to me. And you know, a peace will come over you. I don't know if any of you have ever tried this or not. But when something comes against you, immediately go to God and rebuke that thing because it is not of God. It is of Satan. You know, and we're talking about Job, but Job is not, you know, the only one who has ever faced problems, troubles. We all do, just like I said. We all have problems.
problems. And a lot of the problems we have, like I said, the fear, the problem that comes from Satan, and he, he, he uses our mind. That is, that is Satan's favorite playground, is your mind. He'll put things in your mind, and he'll badger you with them. But if you will notice, many times you've had fear about something happening, something going to take place, and you're worried, and you're worried, and you're fearful of that happening, and it never takes place. It never happens. But you, your mind was stayed on it. And that is of the devil. God can remove that if we will just come to Him and ask Him to remove it. You know, we all have obstacles that we face and we have to overcome. But we overcome them through the blood of Jesus Christ. We overcome them through our Lord. You know, thankfully we don't have to face these problems alone. We've got somebody with us, walking with us. Matter of fact, if you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you always have somebody with you. You have the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you that dwells with you. You're never alone. The Holy Spirit can guide you and lead you. You know, uh, David told us in Psalms uh, 118, verse 6. You know, David went through a lot of things. David was not a perfect man by any means. But God loved him because whenever David made a mistake, David owned up to that mistake. David would say, Lord, it was me. I did it. I sinned, Lord, before you. Would you forgive me? And God would forgive him. So we know that David went through a number of things. And you know, sometimes I think that David, when I read about David, I say, you know, this here is for me. God is showing me how much he loves David. And David is not a perfect man, but yet God loved him. He said David was a man after God's own heart. He David loved God, but yet David made mistakes. We look in the New Testament, we look at Peter and all the disciples. They made mistakes, but God forgave them. Just like He forgives us. And when we make a mistake, don't try to hide it. Don't try to cover it up. Immediately go to God and ask Him, Lord, it's me again, and I messed up. And I need You to forgive me. Do you know that God will forgive you? When you come to God with a contrite heart, a heavy heart, that you know that you messed up, that's what God wants. He wants you to come to Him with a sincere heart when you ask for forgiveness. And God is ready to forgive you. And uh, so, But anyway, here in, in Psalms 118.6, it says, The Lord is on my side, or the Lord is with me, and I will not fear. David knew that when he messed up, that God was walking with him. He said, I don't have to fear because God is with me. And that's what we need to say too. God, I don't have to fear these things because I know that you're walking with me. I know that your hand of protection is upon me. And uh, But like I said, I want to look at a man here. His name was Gideon. Like I said, they also called him Jubarel. And uh, But I want us to look at him and see how God helped him in his situation. He was going through something that uh, he wasn't expecting to go through. God kind of hit him on the blind side. Kind of like we get hit sometimes. He says, but when we first read about, read about Gideon, we're going to find Gideon 
hiding. He is in a wine press where he was, where he was uh, 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 crushing some of the wheat heads and stuff like that for food. You know, they'd make flour and bread and all that kind of stuff out of this. He was hiding. Why was it Gideon hiding? There was a group of men called the Mennonites. They had come in, and Gideon was afraid that they was going to rob and steal all his crop that he had that he was preparing for his family. And he was fearful of it. And uh, and when God looked at Gideon, he said something. I mean, it was it, it really surprised. I know it had to be a surprise to Gideon. Uh, Gideon was hiding because, like I said, he was afraid of the Mennonites would come and rob him of his grain that he was harvesting for his family. Gideon was also someone with a lot of low self-esteem. Gideon didn't think a whole lot of himself. He didn't see him as a mighty man of valor. When the angel of God came and saw and, and found uh, Gideon, that is what he called him. He said, oh, mighty man of valor. And there was Gideon hiding. Well, God had a plan. God has a plan for each one of us. When God told Gideon that, that he would be the one who would deliver Israel from the Mennonites, can you imagine God coming to Gideon and saying, Hey, old great man of valor, I'm going to use you to deliver Israel from this great army. Well, Gideon was a young guy. He did not understand what was going on. But I want to show you how, how Gideon replied to God when God told him that he would be the one to deliver Israel. In Judges chapter 6, verse 15, Gideon told him this, and, and, and I mean, God told Gideon this, and Gideon said unto God, Oh my Lord, how shall I save Israel? How can I do this? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh. He was saying, my family is weak. I, my family has no strength. And I am the least in my family, or I am the youngest in my father's house. Why would you use me? Do you all remember when David was anointed to be king of Israel? David was the youngest in the household. He was the least. They thought it would be one of David's brothers. Samuel come in. And God said, no, no, no. And, and Samuel asked David's dad something. He said, do you have any more children? He said, well, yes, I've got another son. He's out in the field taking care of my sheep. He said, go get him. That was David. When he walked in, Samuel said, you're it. And, David, and Samuel anointed David at that point to be the king of Israel. The youngest one of all of them. But God knew what he was doing. And he spoke to Samuel. And Samuel anointed David. They said when Samuel anointed David, they said he took that horn of oil and just saturated David. Poured it right all over his head. And it just run all down him. But God had a plan. And God's got a plan right here for Gideon. It said, you know, Gideon said, well, I'm the least. I'm the youngest. And why would you call upon me? 
And we had another prophet, another man do the same thing. Y'all remember Jeremiah? God called Jeremiah. And Jeremiah asked God a question. He said, God, why would you call me? I am but a little child. Or he says, I'm young. I don't have experience. I don't know. And, and he said something else. He says, but God, I don't know what to say. You know what God told him? He said, you won't be saying it. I will. And that's the way it should be for all of us. We should invite God to speak through us. To talk through us. And, but in addition to Gideon's own struggles, Gideon had now had the responsibility of trying to lead an army against another army that greatly outnumbered him. Can you imagine a very young man organizing an army to go against the Mennonites that had, that had many, many men? Well, in the Bible, as I was reading it, it said that there was, that Gideon had gathered up 30,000 men. God looked at them. He said, Gideon, you got too many men. Can you imagine what Gideon thought? Wait a minute, Lord. They've got over a hundred thousand. The enemy had over a hundred thousand soldiers. Gideon was able to get about thirty thousand. God said, "No, it's too many." He said, "Ask, ask them. Is any of them scared, or they want to go back home?" If they do, let them go. 20,000 left Gideon and went back to their homes. And left Gideon. 10,000. God said, Gideon, that's still too many men. So he had Gideon put these men through a test. He took them down to where water was. He said, I want you to watch them drink. If a man gets on his knees, bows over, and laps the water like a dog, send them home. You didn't watch them. There was around 10,000 that Gideon sent home. He's on, he has sent close to nearly all of his men home. You know how many men he had left? Those that would kneel down take your hand, dip the water, and drink out of their hand and look around and never put their face down to where they wasn't watching around them. 300 men. That was Gideon's army. 300 men. That's who God was going to use to come against 100,000 men. Can you imagine what Gideon must have been going through? The odds were really against Gideon. And to him it seemed impossible that he could defeat this army that was so great. But you know what the Bible says? There is nothing impossible for God. Gideon had 300 men. So therefore, when God saw how discouraged that, that uh, Gideon was, the Lord encouraged Gideon. How did He encourage him? I want us to look at uh, Judges chapter 7, verse 9 through 11. 
God does something right here. And he picks Gideon's spirit up so much that Gideon was ready to obey and do anything that God said. God knew what he was doing. And remember, Gideon's got 300 men and he's going to go against 100,000. It says, This happened on the same night that the Lord said to Gideon, Arise, go down against that camp. But then, that, then God says something else here in the next verse. He says, wait a minute. But if you're afraid to go down, then go down to the camp with Pura, your servant. Take your servant down there with you. And you will hear what the, that army is saying. And afterward, your hands shall be strengthened to go down against that camp and attack the Mennonites. God told Gideon to go down and listen to what the enemy was saying. He said, go down, listen to that enemy, and see what they're saying about you. What did Gideon hear him say? It encouraged Gideon. He heard the enemy talking among themselves about how the Lord was going to deliver them into Gideon's hand. God had given one of these soldiers a dream that they would be defeated by this one man. He was telling every soldier in there, Gideon's God has already placed us in his hands. We're defeated. When we go against Gideon, we've lost it. We are already defeated. We are beat. That's what Gideon heard him saying. Boy, don't you know how that must have raised Gideon? Boy, they already know. They already believe that they're defeated. When you believe you're defeated, you're defeated. They believed that they were defeated. A hundred thousand soldiers believing they was already defeated and there was only 300 soldiers going to come against them. That's how God works. <clears throat> and God told Gideon to go down and listen to what the enemy was saying. And like I said, he heard the enemy talking among themselves about how the Lord was going to deliver them into Gideon's hand. Gideon heard them saying this. And the enemy already, like I said, knew that they were defeated. You know, whether you know it or not, now the Bible tells us that Satan's already defeated. Satan is already defeated. Jesus Christ defeated Satan at the cross. When he got on that cross and he shed that blood, he was defeated. Satan knows he's defeated. But yet, he's still hanging in there. <clears throat> and so, but anyway, Satan is still, knowing being defeated, he's still causing God's people trouble. He's still causing God's people trouble. God wanted Gideon to know when he sent him down there that he was not in this battle alone. He said, Gideon, you're not going into this battle by yourself. You're not alone. I am with you. God is with us. 
When we go in against troubles and against the things that the enemy has conjured up against us, God is with you. He is walking with you. His hand is upon you. He is guiding you. He will help you fight that battle. And most of it will be fought by God. There's things that will happen that you won't understand. Because God is on your side. God is taking care of things to help you out. But, but God wanted, like I said, wanted to get him to know that he was not in this battle alone. God was with him, like I said, just like God is with us today. God wanted to get him to know that he was with him and was going to help him defeat the enemy. This right here is why God only allowed 300 men to go. God didn't want people thinking that it was man that defeated the enemy. They was going to know 300 men fighting against 100,000 that God was in charge. God was going to get the credit. When we come against problems and we pray to God and God intervenes in it, we need to give God the credit. We need to fall on our knees and say, God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for walking with me. Thank you for being there when I needed you. You saw what I was going through. And Father, you was right there with me. Your hand was on me. Everything worked in my favor because of you. You saw my need, but yet you furnished what I needed. That's the way God works. He knows your need. He furnishes what you need. And he is still doing this today. You know, and it's just like Gideon could say, you know, when God is for you, who can be against you? When you've got God on your side, what power is there that can come against you? There is no power mightier than the power of God Almighty. And his power is there with you to help you. I put four verses here that I want to share with you. I have used these verses a number of times in my own life. I feel like they have helped me. And if you're taking notes, just jot down what these verses are. I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to read them to you, but I'm going to give them to you. This is God speaking to His children. This is God speaking to you when you're in trouble, when you need Him. This is God's telling you what He will do. Isaiah 41.10 and probably every one of you already know what it is. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. Do not be confused. Do not worry, for I am your God. I will strengthen you in your time of trouble. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. When God says something about His right hand, do you know what He's talking about? His righteous right hand? He is talking about His power. Anytime you see the right hand of God mentioned, you will see power involved in it. Evidently, I figure, you know, God's kind of like a lot of us. He's right-handed. I don't know about you left-handed people now. 
But God has always talked about the power. He said, my righteous right hand will help you. My power will be with you. In Joshua 1 9, this is something that God is talking to every one of us. He's saying to every single one of us when we're getting when we're going through something. Have I not commanded you? Be strong, be courageous. Don't have fear. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now if that doesn't encourage us, this is what God is telling Joshua. Moses died. Joshua was in charge of this army. You know, God, Joshua had a great responsibility. And God knew what Joshua was going through. Just like he knows what you're going through. And, this, and, and when God is speaking... When God is talking in this Bible, do you realize He is also talking to you? This is God's Word. This Word is for you also. He says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord God. I change not. God is still with His people today. And God is still telling us this today. Have I not commanded you? What is a command? Really, it's an order. God is ordering us to be strong, to be courageous. Don't be afraid. He says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The devil will do all he can to discourage you and to make you turn away from God, from God's Word. He'll do anything he can to, to separate you from God. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Not just some of the places. Wherever you go. What did I say a while ago? In case you wasn't listening. When you've accepted Jesus Christ, what happens? <coughs> the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is the very Spirit of God Himself. He is with you continuously wherever you go. God is with you. He's guiding you. He's walking with you. He's overseeing what takes place in your life. He's protecting you. He has put His hedge of protection around you through that Spirit. God knows what you're going through, and He knows what you need. God said, I'm with you wherever you go. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Call on me. Trust in me. And this here is something that we ought to say to ourselves. And I hope you do. In Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's where your strength, that's where your power comes from. He gives us the power and the strength to come against the things that the devil brings against us. You know, maybe somebody here today, maybe you're facing a situation that it looks impossible to you. How am I going to do this? You probably can't. But I know a man who can. Do you know this man? 
I know a man who can. He can do all things. Nothing shall be impossible for him to do. And many times when we get in situations, we don't call on him. We go to our neighbors. We go to a friend or somebody. Tell them about the situation. They can't do nothing about it. I've learned when something comes against me, the first thing I do is I go to God. That's my first stop. That's, my, that's where I go immediately is I go to God. Say, Lord, you know what's going on. And I'm coming before you right now asking you to intervene in this. You, and I'm asking you to anoint me with your power, your wisdom, to come against this thing in your name. Give me that wisdom on what you want me to do. How you want me to handle this. You'd be surprised how many times I've prayed that over this church. God, give me the wisdom of what you need me to do. I don't want to do anything on my own. I want God instructions on what He wants done. This is God's church. It's not mine. This is God's church. This is God's house. God's in charge. God's over everything. God is my boss. And a boss will here to tell you what he wants. And God does. He will show you what to do. He says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him come for me and I will give it to him abundantly. He said, I'm not going to scold you for coming to me and asking me something. I'll give you the wisdom that you need. Not worldly wisdom now, but godly wisdom. And that's what each one of us needs, is the wisdom of God to do certain things in our life. Or really we need to do all things in our life. It's God's wisdom, God's guidance. <coughs> Maybe you feel like the odds are stacked against you just like Gideon. <coughs> He had 300 men. He was going against 100,000 men. You know, that reminded me right there when I just said that of Isaiah. No, excuse me, Elisha. He had a servant. His name was Gehazi. And this big army was after them simply because the king was very angry with Elijah. Elijah would tell the king of Israel, see God would tell Elijah what this king's plans were to come against Israel. Well, Elijah would go to the king of Israel and tell him what the, what, what the enemy was going to do. And he was always ready for them, always defeated them. Well, they found out what was going on. So this king sends his army out for Elijah. Go get that man so he can't keep doing this to us. Elijah and his servant were by themselves. They get up that morning, they walk outside, the servant looks around, there is thousands of enemy soldiers around them. 
That's just Elijah and his servant. He goes back and says, uh, Elijah, I think we've got a problem. Elijah comes outside. Elijah sees all these, these uh, chariots and stuff around, all these soldiers. But Elijah says, God, what do you say? God opened up the heavens and Elijah saw it. There was thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels all around them. Elijah looks over at his, at his servant and said, Don't worry. There's more for us than there are against us. Can you imagine what Gehazi probably uh Elijah, what are you saying? It's you and me and hundreds of thousands out there. And then God said something. He said, Lord, I pray you would open my servant's eyes. Gehazi looked up and he saw the hundreds and hundreds thousands of angels gathered all around them. One angel was all they needed. But there was thousands upon thousands. And you know what Elijah did? He prayed. Not for their defeat. I mean, not to be killed, these soldiers. You know what he did? He prayed. He said, Lord, let them be blind. Every one of those soldiers went blind. They couldn't see nothing. Elijah walks among many of those soldiers, gathered them up, and they got in a single farm line following each other. He took them into town. And this king said, Elijah, should I kill them all? Elijah says, no. Feed them. Give them water. And then turn them loose. They went back and they told their king what had happened. And that king never come against Israel again. When you tell the devil about your God, that devil's going to wake up. He's going to pay attention. He knows who God is. But he wonders sometimes, do we know who our God is and His power and His strength? You need to tell the devil. You know, what does the Scripture say? Speak to your mountain. It don't say go around telling your neighbor about it. It don't say going around and praying for somebody else to pray about it. No. He said, you, in faith, speak to that mountain that is coming against you. He wants us to speak to the mountain in faith and not in fear. God, like I said a while ago, 2 Timothy 1.7 for God did not give us the spirit of fear, but that of love, power, and a sound mind. He did not give you the spirit of fear. That comes from the enemy. If you want to accept that, you're defeated right now, just exactly like these Mennonites were. The moment that they knew that Israel's God was involved, they said, we're defeated. We're defeated right now. Tell your enemy about who your God is. Tell your enemy about your God. How strong He is and how nothing is impossible for your God.
If you're here today and you're going through some situations and you need prayer, we've got an altar up here. If you, if you need to come and pray about a situation you're going through, if there's something going on in your life that you need changed, I'm going to tell you what, God is in here right now and He's listening to you. You need to come before God, tell Him what you need. You don't need to go to your neighbor, talk to them. You don't need to go to here, there. You know, I kind of got tickled one time. There was a deal that said, you don't need to go to the telephone, just go to the throne. Don't be calling everybody and telling them what your problem is. Just go to the throne and tell God what your problem is, what he already knows. But you're putting your faith and your trust in him when you go to him. That's what God wants, is our faith and in our, in our trust. You know, I'm going to finish up right here with this one scripture. And all of you have I've said it over and over again because I believe it. Proverbs. Chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge God in all ways, and He will direct your path. Acknowledge God in all ways. God, you're in charge. I'm going to follow you. My faith is in you. I'm walking with you. You lead me. Put your hand of protection on me. Put your hedge of protection around me. But I trust in you, God. I trust in you. Do you trust in God today? Do you think God can solve your problems? Do you think God can guide you? If you do, ask Him. He wants to hear from you. He wants a visit from you. Sometimes we're not visiting God often enough. He loves us, and He wants that time with us. So I'll ask the band to come up. And if you need something from God this to this day, if you need a touch from God, or if you just need to come to the, to the altar and just give thanks to God for what He's done in your life. Moreover, if you want to express your faith, come up, kneel on that moment, and start giving God thanks for what He's going to do. God knows your need, and God wants to help you. But you've got to have faith and you've got to trust God. So if you're here today, well, you can, I'll be glad to pray with you. You can come to here to the altar and pray or you can pray right where you're at. God can hear you wherever you are. So I'm going to ask the band to play. If there's something you need, if you need prayer, I'll be glad to pray with you. If you just need the altar, or you just need a quiet time to yourself. God's presence is here today to meet your needs.